Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 of Spoiler Alert by Fanservice Apparel. This week, um, it's just going to be me. Janae is at her day job, and um, we still wanted to get something out to you guys. So it's going to be a mini episode, if you will, but instead of calling them like 16.5, and then having the you know, the count with a podcast player and then the episode number kind of get confusing. We're going to call it episode 17, but it'll just be um, a shorter topic. Uh, and, and we'll, you know, label that accordingly. Um, but yeah, so everybody's talking about Spider-Man. Um, I feel like every recap site everywhere is going to be just kind of throwing Spider-Man at you. So we're going to do something a little bit different because well, first of all, I have not seen it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's tough to go see a movie with a toddler, especially not a toddler-oriented movie. So we're going to be talking about something else that, um, that maybe isn't getting as much attention. Um, we're going to do a little deep dive into Disney, into some of the corporate goings-on, and it's something that I like to follow. I know some of my friends follow it. And um, there's just been some stuff that actually came out this morning uh, that I think is just interesting and worth diving into. I'm seeing a lot of the people that make Disney, um, you know, related or Disney parks and, you know, related YouTube videos talking about it. Um, That Iger, Bob Iger, the former um, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, was rumored to uh, to be coming back as... Uh, CEO um, with Bob Chapek, the current CEO, kind of exiting because you, Bob Chapek, um, as I'm sure even in passing, have heard that has just not been doing a great job or not been, let me rephrase that, um, he's been getting a lot of criticism for the job that he has been doing and the decision th- that he has been making. Um, so I um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I'm seeing a lot of people really have him be the antagonist and really pinning a lot of things on on his decision making. And I think some people don't realize that there's a board and really, you know, above and beyond the shareholders, the CEO's boss is the board. So I don't know how much this is Bob Chapek is you know, ruining this, bad decision, that. I think that this is a big, um, or not a big, this is a larger strategy from the board of directors. And look, they were, they, they, I'm sure had some kind of insight that it was going to be a rough uh, time going into 2020. I don't think anybody knew how bad it was going to get, but there was going to be a disruption in business as usual. And Iger had worked on such a goodwill tour when he first started and really kind of carried through his career as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company that I don't think the board wanted to have him end on that note. I think it looked, the optics were better for the company with him ending on a positive note. And he had delayed, you know, retiring a couple times over to make sure that initiatives that he started uh, were seen through with his leadership. And I think that they knew that it was going to get hard. 
and they were going to have to make decisions that they didn't want to make and that we were going to get a lot of things that had been just promised to us at the at, at the time it was the most current D23 Expo in 2019 that were no longer going to be an option with the pandemic. There were going to be things that got heavily trimmed and there were going to be whole new projects announced that really felt like they were coming out of left field. So I, I think that to have a lightning rod essentially uh capture all of those somebody had to replace um Iger and if you remember it was a really quick transition it was very sudden where just one day you're like and here he is he's the boss now and it just kind of happened all at once and I think it's because you know they wanted Chapek to be the lightning rod to take the brunt of these bad decisions which he's been taking very well. I mean, he came from other divisions and had kind of internally had been known as somebody who could really trim uh, the budget and make the numbers look good. So he's doing what, you know, what he does best. And I don't think the board had any kind of misconceptions about what it would look like putting him in control. They needed to have somebody to be able to trim the fat as they went through a turbulent time and they knew it wasn't going to be popular so you know they found somebody who was ready to do it i'm sure for a fair amount of money um and my gut my you know uh fan theory if you will is that that when this is all over um, which I have an, a, a theory to, as to when that's going to be, that we're going to get Josh Tomorrow um, kind of coming in because Josh Tomorrow has been, not sneakily, but um, I guess with less fanfare, been going around doing a goodwill tour to a lot of the parks and really kind of um, being seen as somebody that's on the cast member's side and somebody who's really kind of down there on the front lines talking to guests uh, in the parks, and doing a lot of the stuff that you would have expected uh, Walt to do. And I think, uh, you know, on purpose, um, so that there's a lot of goodwill kind of built up, and when the last straw has been um, had and Chapik is out, he'll come in and everybody will go, oh my goodness, thank goodness, what a what a great positive man taking over this role um, when really it was just the, the board, um, shuffling the pieces around. I really, you know, there's a lot of been a lot of talk about the Star Cruiser, uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser, which is the Star Wars theme hotel, uh, that's kind of booked as a, um, kind of like a cruise where it's a per person price, but it's a three night or two night, three day stay. That's around, I think $5,000 all in. So it's definitely like a cruise pricing. Um, you know, I, I, I think if you wanted something like that to not go well, you would have really big ideas and then you would not consult Lucasfilm and then you'd put somebody who's known for, you know, not, not splurging, but trimming in charge of something that really required a lot of strategic splurging, I'll say. Um, I think that's how you set something up to fail because, this was a very, very creative, intensive um, type of endeavor. And I think that 
you know, you don't obviously just write a blank check, but I do think there are areas where you spend more on something like this. And I don't, I don't think you put somebody who's known to come in and kind of trim and, 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 and fix like that in that kind of blue sky inception of a project kind of capacity because he's going to come in with that mindset of keeping things trim um and then i think i think you're going to get what what we're seeing now in the in you know in those promotional videos that had gotten taken down um but i think that's on purpose i think that maybe this was already in motion um and you know they were it, it was going to be something and then when it kind of had to get trimmed they saw it as an opportunity for this kind of inflection point. Um, my fan theory is that it's going to launch the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. It's not going to be great. And it's going to be kind of this uh, last straw for Chapek and he will step down or the board will come in in this kind of 11th hour kind of move and say, wow, uh, we see it now. This was not the right decision. Here comes Josh tomorrow in, and we're gonna. The first thing is we're gonna completely revamp the Star Cruiser so that it's everything that it should have been. Um, two reasons. One, uh, I think that gives them two grand. Well, above and beyond kind of the corporate strategic play that that is on the monetary side, it lets them have two grand openings, kind of like they did for. Um, with uh, Galaxy's Edge, where it was, I don't think that was a phase one and a phase two with Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance, but it kind of felt like it. So you had the grand opening with one ride, and then the second ride came online, and then it, you know, you saw attendance just spike again. And maybe the Star Cruiser is going to be seen as a complete flop at first, but then people want to go to it to see how much of a flop it is in this kind of recap culture we live in. Tons of people, if it's bad or good, will want to go in and catalog its greatness or demise um, and give their impressions of it, you know, one way or another. Uh, and then when they come in and they revamp it like they did with California Adventure, everybody's going to want to come and see it again and, and sing its praises or continue to criticize it, you know. So you're, you you might get two waves, Um some people had been saying, you know, the pricing that we see now is wasn't going to be sustainable for more than a year or so. And that makes sense. You know, this kind of LARP-driven uh, hotel might, you know, if, if demand for it weans, uh, I could see them transitioning it into just kind of a deluxe resort um, that's maybe a little bit more for the theming. Um, but this lets them carry that through just a little bit more. But um, but yeah, that's um, that that's my theory. That's that's really it. Um, <laughs> is that you know this was just something that was put together by the board to see them ferry them through this time, and not have any of the negativity go towards anybody um, that it shouldn't. And even though they knew that this some of these some of these decisions needed to get made, um, especially more unpopular ones like the the move to Lake Nona um, with a lot of people resigning that had been based in Southern California and, and were, you know, didn't want to move to Orlando. Uh, if there was a lot of unpopular stuff on the, uh, on the shelf there that needed to get done, they said, great, this is, uh, 
So this is the time to do it. It's kind of like um, getting a tooth fixed uh, while you're uh, while you're going in for Josh surgery. You know, neither of them are going to be great, but you know they're already there. You're already under. Might as well just get everything done, uh, which is something that happened to me. I'm speaking from experience, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, that's that. Let's see how this plays out. I'm just I want to put it out into the world and catalog it. That that was my theory, and um, and yeah, you know, tell tell me what you think. I'm curious. I have yet to see anybody with uh, the similar kind of thought process to what's going on, and if somebody already has, I'd love to see it. And if you have a, a take on it or kind of feedback or think I'm crazy and want to debate it. I'd, I'd, I'd welcome the conversation. So please comment anywhere that commenting is available. Um, and we'll, uh, and we'll reach out to you. Um, yeah. So thanks guys for listening to episode 17 of fan service apparel. Nope. I'm not going to take it back. Cause it's just me. Uh, <laughs> thanks for everybody for listening to spoiler alert by fan service apparel. This has been episode 17, a mini episode. Um, Definitely check out our site. Uh, obviously, by now, we're not going to be shipping anything by Christmas uh, with the way that delays are. But we do have some awesome new merch for Hawkeye. We're going to be watching that last episode. And if there's anything interesting merch-wise that you guys see or want or catch a glimpse of that we maybe don't, please let me know because we will definitely try to get that turned around as quickly as possible. We should have some more 50th anniversary stuff for Walt Disney World up in our shop soon. I know that um, some of the vault collection stuff that they've been coming out with has actually been you know, pretty good. Um, but I do think that there are some really interesting, um, 1971 inspired items that have yet to be, uh, made that we could definitely come in and, and fill the void there. So, uh, check us out, fanserviceapparel.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Hopefully back with Janae. Bye.